If you're standing on his promises, say amen. amen. You may be seated. Praise the Lord. Well, we've already had church today. Amen. How many of you can handle a little bit more? Praise the Lord. Open your Bibles this morning to Colossians, the second chapter and the 15th verse. We're doing a series called Under and Over. Now, last Sunday, we preached on Psalms 91, verse 1, where it says, He that dwelleth in the secret place of the Most High shall abide under the shadow of the Almighty. We discovered this, that when we live in vital union and communion with Him, under his shadow, praise God, that he is over us, covering us. And when you're under his shadow and he's over you, covering you, that means you overcome all sorts of things that would be arrayed against you. Amen? Amen. So this morning I want to talk to you about a couple other unders, if you will. So in Colossians 2.15, we want to establish the fact that Satan is an eternally defeated foe. And that you and I have been eternally redeemed. Amen. Amen? Let the redeemed of the Lord say so. Thank God I have been redeemed. How about this bunch over here? You've been redeemed? Glory to God. Jesus literally shattered, literally defeated, literally completely destroyed the works of the devil. The Bible says for this purpose, the Son of God was manifest that he might destroy the works of the enemy. Amen. And in Colossians 2.15, it says this, These spoiled principalities and powers. Now, we're going to see those two words again, principalities and powers. Principalities and powers are talking about devils, demons, and evil spirits. He spoiled principalities and powers, and he made a show of them openly, triumphing over them in it. In his triumphant act, amen, right in Satan's own backyard, when Jesus was raised from the dead, he triumphed over death, hell, and the grave. Glory to God. And the Bible says he made a show of them openly. Now it is said in ancient times when another king and another nation would defeat another king and another nation, they would take the defeated king and the defeated prisoners and they would parade them through the town, make a public spectacle of them. Well, that's what Jesus did before heaven, hell, and the earth. He defeated the enemy and made a show of them openly. Amen? And so that's good news, don't you think? Aren't you glad that the devil is eternally defeated? Glory to God. Now turn, if you will, to Ephesians, the first chapter, and we'll look at verses 18 through 23. This is, a, this is a prayer the Apostle Paul prayed for the church at Ephesus. And now what belongs to the church at Ephesus belongs to the church in Hayward. He prayed that the God of our Lord Jesus Christ, the Father of glory, would give unto you the spirit of wisdom and revelation in the knowledge of Him. By the eyes of your understanding being enlightened. Another way to say that is this, that your spiritual eyes would be flooded with light. When your spiritual eyes are flooded with light, you'll begin to see things you've never seen before. When your spiritual ears are open, you'll hear things you've never heard before. Now, this comes from the Spirit of the living God. And so we prayed that the eyes of our understanding would be flooded with light, that we may know three important things. Number one, that we may know what is the hope of His calling. How many of you know that God's got a call on your life? There's a purpose for you being alive. You have come, we have come into the kingdom of God for such a time as this. Amen. That we may know 
Number one, what is the hope of his calling? Secondly, that we may know what are the riches of the glory of his inheritance in the saints. Did you know, dear brothers and sisters, that you have an inheritance? Now, part of your inheritance is the kingdom of God. I love what Jesus said in Luke 12, 32. He says, don't be afraid, little flock, for it is your father's good pleasure to give you the kingdom. And in the kingdom, there is something called kingdom reign and kingdom dominion. Say with me, I'm in the kingdom and I have been given kingdom dominion and kingdom reign. So number one, that we may know what is the hope of his calling. Number two, that we may know what are the riches of the glory of his inheritance. And number three, that we may know the exceeding greatness of his power to usward who believe. This resurrection power is available to all believers. Amen. And I'm looking at a congregation full of believers today. So there is no reason why we shouldn't take our faith and plug into his resurrection power. Amen. And receive all that he has provided for us. Amen. So when this becomes a a a revelation in your life, it will literally revolutionize your life. Amen. Got my R's mixed up there. That's all right. That you may know what is the exceeding greatness of his power to us who do believe, who according to the working of his mighty power, which he worked in Christ when he raised him from the dead and set him at his own right hand in the heavenly places. Thank God. But now notice the rest of the verse. And hath put far above all principality and power and might and dominion. And how many names? Every name. There isn't any name greater than the name of Jesus. There isn't any demonic force, glory to God, that he's not been raised above. Amen. Far above. Not just a little ways above, but far above. Far above all principality, all power, all might, all dominion, every name that is named. Not only in this world, but thank God in the world which is also to come. Amen. Now I ask you, did you wear your shouting clothes today? Now, shouting clothes are simply your spiritual armor that you came clothed in today. So somebody give the Lord a big shout right now. And let's get ready to shout again. Amen. Jesus has been raised. Now, notice the next verse. It says, and hath put all things, all things under his feet. One translation says, for the benefit of the church. So he has placed all these principalities, all these powers, all these names in this world and in the world which is to come under his feet. I ask you, is he not the head? Are we not the body? Are not the feet in the body? You know, when I get up in the morning, my head doesn't go to McDonald's and my body stay in bed. No, the head and the body are connected together. You're connected with Christ and Christ is connected with you. And he said this, I have put all things under your feet. Say it with me, all things, principalities, powers, every name is under my feet. Woo, glory to God. Verse 23, it goes on to say, and which is the body The fullness of him that filleth all and all. Now look at chapter 2, verse 1. It says, And you hath he quickened, and you hath he made alive, who were dead in trespasses and sins. You see, 
When Jesus was quickened, when Jesus was raised, when you made him the Lord of your life, you were raised from spiritual death to spiritual life. Now you have the ability and the privilege to walk in newness of life. Amen. Now notice verse 5 and verse 6. Ephesians 2, 5 and 6 says, Even when we were dead in sins, hath quickened or made us alive together with Christ, by grace you are saved. Let's read the next verse together. And has raised us up together and made us sit together in heavenly places. Glory to God. When he was raised, you were raised. You are an heir of God. You are a joint heir with Jesus Christ and you have joint seating with him. Where? Far above all principality and all power. So I want you to notice, number one, the devil has been placed under your feet. Now listen to this verse, and I'll just quote it for you. You don't need to turn there. But in 1 Corinthians six seventeen, it says this. He that is joined unto the Lord is one spirit. You are one with him. He is one with you. You are in Christ and Christ is in you. Wow. I mean, that's a revelation right there. Because you're one with him and he's one with you. What belongs to him belongs to you. Glory to God. You're in covenant with a covenant keeping God. And the main thing that I'm talking to you about today is the authority over the enemy. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. No wonder Paul said this in Romans 5, 17. No wonder he said, for by one man's offense, death reigned by one. Much more those who receive abundance of grace and of the gift of righteousness, what will they do? They're going to reign in life through the Lord Jesus Christ. Hallelujah. The Amplified Version says it this way, you will begin to reign as a king in life. How you doing? Good seeing you again. God bless you. Hallelujah. We got all sorts of good folks here today. Well, we're all good folks, right? But now notice this with me. Through receiving, number one, the abundance of grace. Everyone say abundance of grace. grace. You suppose grace is a very important thing. It's a very important message. Someone defined grace as God's riches at Christ's expense. Roy Hicks defined grace as the operational power of God. I've discovered this, that sin will not have dominion over your life. Why is that, Pastor? Because you are not under the law, but you are under grace. When you receive Jesus as your Lord and Savior, you come under His grace, and it gives you dominion, hallelujah, over sin. Hallelujah. So putting yourself under His grace puts you over sin. The things you've yielded to before, when you tap into the grace of God, you don't have to yield to again because you're under grace. Sin, sickness, poverty shall no longer have dominion over you. Hallelujah. Look at your neighbor and say, I'm under grace. And I'm over all sin. The grace of God will keep you out of sin. There's power in the grace. There's sustaining power in His grace. His grace, Paul said, is sufficient for you. It'll keep you out of the danger zones. It'll keep you away from the sin perhaps that you've yielded to for decades and years and years. I'm telling you, the grace of God is more than, more than enough for you to enable you to overcome anything that comes down the road. 
Amen. Can you just raise your hands and thank God for the grace of God? Woo, glory. But now notice with me, this grace is abundant, but it's got to be received. So say this with me. This is my receiving day. And I open up my heart and I receive the grace of God. The abundance of grace, now notice, and the gift of righteousness. You will never reign in life as a king through the Lord Jesus Christ. You will never walk on top of serpents and scorpions through the Lord Jesus Christ if you have a guilty condemnation consciousness. If there is a sin consciousness about you, you need to get a revelation that this gift of righteousness awaits you. And all you've got to do is open your heart and receive it. And no matter how you look, no matter how you feel, declare, I am the righteousness of God in Christ Jesus. Woo, hallelujah. E.W. Kenyon said, right standing with God gives you the ability to stand in the presence of a holy God as if sin, guilt, inferiority never existed before. Hallelujah. So notice, through this abundance of grace and through this glorious gift of righteousness that you have awoken to, you will begin to reign then in life by one Jesus Christ. Dr. Frederick Casey Price said many years ago, Dr. Price just turned 85 years old. He's preached in this, his church a couple of times. He says, you are either reigning in life or life is reigning on you. Which one would you rather have? I'd much rather, rather reign in life. Amen. Glory to God. Well, let's go on. You still here today? Look at Luke chapter 10. And notice with me, I believe, in verses 18 through 20. We'll notice something Jesus said about this power over the enemy because he's under your feet. Notice with me, and he said unto them, I beheld Satan fall as lightning from heaven. In other words, Jesus was saying he ain't nothing. He's been put to naught. How many of you know that naught times naught equals nothing? Amen. They were all excited because, you know, they discovered they were out there ministering that the spirits were subject to them through his name. He said, boys, that's great. That's good. But you know what? I defeated him years ago and he fell as lightning from heaven. Amen. Now notice with me in the next verse, in verse 19. And I want you to see this and I want you to read this with me. Ready? Read. Behold, I give unto you power to tread on serpents and scorpions and over all the power of the enemy and nothing shall by any means hurt you. The way that you live a hurt-free life is by walking on top of serpents, scorpions, principalities, and powers. In other words, for us to tread on serpents and scorpions, they must of a necessity be under our feet. I said they're under our feet. Otherwise, Jesus wouldn't tell us, walk on top of them. Amen? Now, I will give you this. They will try to ascend. They will try to come back into areas of our life. But you know what you do with them? You just slap them down. You just cast them down. You just pull them down. And you put that devil back in his place. R.W. Shambach said years ago, I got a message for the devil and it's under my feet. Amen. So behold, look, you have it. I've got the power. You've got the power. It's in the name above every name. 
So he said, Behold, I give unto you power to tread on serpents and scorpions and over all the power of the enemy, and nothing shall by any means hurt you. He didn't say you have power over half of his power. You have authority over all of his power. Amen? Those lies, those deceptions that are coming to tell you you are a failure, you need to walk on top of those. Because in Christ Jesus, there are no failures. In Christ Jesus, there are only more than conquerors. In Christ Jesus, there are only the handiwork of God. In Christ Jesus, there are only new creations. So the devil comes along and tells you you're a failure. You just turn the tables on him and said, no, I'm not a failure. You're the one that fell. You're the one that's the failure. Amen. Amen. Glory to God. He comes along and tells you, man, you'll never make it. You know, you're not going to, you're not going to be able to uh, succeed in your future. You're a failure and uh, it starts reminding you of your past. You just simply remind him of his past. And then you tell that rotten stinking devil that his future don't look so bright either. You just turn the tables on that rat. Amen. Amen. Now. Let's get down into the crux of this message. I don't have a long message, but I've got a good message. Amen. Amen. We've already had a service today. Glory to God. We could run the aisles. We could shout from the mountaintops. We could thank God we got the victory. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. I'm not asking for the victory. I'm not fighting for the victory. I'm standing in the victory. Hallelujah. We're fighting the good fight of faith. We shall not be. We shall not be moved. Now, let's look over at James, the book of James. And notice with me in chapter 4. Here's a, here's a verse of scripture that's very, very important for us to have understanding of. James chapter 4 begins with the word submit. Submit. Now, I looked the word up, submit. And the word submit simply means to arrange yourself under or to come into subjection to. How many of you have ever seen a submarine? I can remember years ago, Brenda's brother and I and Brenda were over there across the bridge in San Francisco. And we saw a submarine ready to go under the water. It was a wonderful sight. Well, that's what a sub means. It means to, to come under. So to submit to God simply means to come under His Lordship. In other words, your will... Your way, your plan. Whatever you say, Lord, I'm going to submit to. And that is true biblical humility. That's humbling yourself under the mighty hand of God so that you may be exalted and come over in due time. That's another under and over. Amen? Now, so as you submit yourself, therefore, to God, then you are in a position to do some resisting. Now, the problem with a lot of Christians, they're not resisting the devil. They're assisting the devil. They're helping him out. They're giving him place through wrong words, wrong lifestyles, wrong actions. You see, the word of God is very, very clear on this. It says we are not to give the devil any place. That's what Ephesians 4.27 says. Neither give the devil any place. How many of you ever heard the old term, you give him an inch... He'll take a mile. And that's true with the enemy. You give him a place in your life. He wants the whole map of your life. He wants the whole territory of your life. That word place there in the Greek is topos. 
And we get the word topographical from it. And so when it says, give the devil no place, give him no topos, on the geography of your life, make sure that you keep the door shut on that rat 24 hours a day. Amen? Amen? Because if you give him an inch, he'll try to take a mile. Amen? So now let's go back to this thought. Submit yourself to God. Submit yourself to God. Now, I want us to get this and I want us to see it very, very clearly. Again, submit means to arrange under, to be subject to, to be under obedience. Now listen to this statement. When I give God His rightful place over my life by being under Him, then I can take my place over the devil. If I don't give him his rightful place by submitting to him, if I live my life for myself and I'm out there seeking my own and not really seeking first the kingdom of God, then I really am not in a position to take my place of dominion and to take my place of authority and walk on serpents and scorpions. That's very important. I think it's interesting that he put these two phrases together. It doesn't say, resist the devil and he will flee from you. And by the way, submit yourself to God. He puts first things first. He says, submit yourself to God. Resist the devil. And what will he do? He will flee from you. Brother Hagin defines the word flee as he will run from you as in terror. Amen. But I looked up the word flee. And the word flee also means To avoid danger by flight. (laughs) To avoid danger by flight. Understand this. That when you are clothed in the whole armor of God, Satan doesn't know whether it's you or God inside that armor. And when he sees you wielding the sword of the Spirit with the shield of faith and your shoes prepared, glory to God, he is going to seek safety because you are armed and dangerous. Hallelujah. I don't know if you've ever thought about that or not. But in Christ Jesus, you are armed. And you are very dangerous to him and to his kingdom. Hallelujah. Lift up your right hand and say, I'm armed with the name of Jesus. I'm armed with the blood of the lamb. I'm armed with the word of the living God. And I'm extremely dangerous to the enemy. Woo, glory to God. So this principle, under your feet, treading on top of. Amen? This principle, submitting yourself under him, he gives you your place over the enemy. Now here's the problem. Two important things to learn. Number one, what to yield to. And number two, what to resist. Number one, what to yield to. A lot of people are yielding to what they ought to be resisting. And resisting what they ought to be yielding to. For example, sickness and disease. Well, you know, everybody gets the flu this time of year. January, February comes along. You just mark it down. Mama gets sick. Papa gets sick. Kids get sick. Everybody in the house gets sick. But by March 1st, we're ready to go back to church again. Hallelujah. Well, I understand that there's boogers out there. I understand that there's viruses out there. 
But when he says, I've given you authority to reign in life, that includes boogers. That includes viruses. Somebody says, how dare you be so crude and rude? Well, how dare you be so religious? No, here's, here's the thing. When sickness and disease knocks on your door, don't answer it. I'm not saying don't use medication. I'm not saying don't go to doctors. I'm not saying that whatsoever. But what I'm saying is put the Word of God first place over everything in the area of your life and stop yielding your tongue to sickness and disease. It is true that the tongue of the wise speaks health. That the tongue of the wise brings healing. And so don't yield to what you've been redeemed from. Rather resist it. And then there's people resisting things that they should be yielding to. For example, forgiveness. How many of you know that people hold on to bitterness? And they hold grudges. And I'm not talking about holding on to grudges and bitterness for a day or two. I'm talking about decades. I mean, they just hold on to these things. And really, it eats their lunch. When all the time God says, forgive, even as Christ, for God's sake, has forgiven you. So instead of resisting forgiving that person, yield to the spirit of love, yield to the spirit of God on the inside of you, and settle it once and for all, I release them, I forgive them in the name of Jesus. So learn what to yield to and learn what to resist. You know, there's many people, they resist a move of the Holy Spirit. I'm glad in a church like this that we can have ongoing praise and worship. I'm really glad that I saw some runners in the house this morning. I'm really glad that Pastor Tom had liberty to go into the extra zone and praise God. I'm glad that there was some dancing in the house. I'm glad that there's some shouting in the house. I believe that there's a word church, but we're also a Holy Ghost church. So when the Spirit of God begins to move in your life, Don't resist him. Don't resist him. Yield to him. If he's leading you and guiding you down a certain path in your life, and you know it might be difficult to follow, don't resist that. Yield to it. Because ultimately, he knows what's best for your life. Learn to follow the leadings of the Holy Spirit. Don't resist speaking in tongues. Don't resist divine healing. But yield to the spirit of the living God and you will see in your life that you will begin to be over all of the things that come against your life. Amen. So submit yourself therefore to God. Resist the devil. And what will he do? He will flee from you. He will run from you as in terror. And then lastly, turn in with me to 1 Peter chapter 5. 1 Peter chapter 5. Are you getting anything out of this message today? 1 Peter chapter 5. Notice with me the first two words, be sober. How many of you know it's a good thing to be sober? The Bible says don't get drunk with wine, wherein is excess, but rather be filled with the Spirit. Why in the world would I want to go out and get intoxicated with the spirits that are in a liquor store when I've got the Holy Spirit who supersedes any liquor? Why would I want to get high on something that the most low offers when I can get high in the most high, the Word of God, the Spirit of the living God? Come on, somebody. This will preach today. (laughs) 
being not drunk, we're in his, we're in his excess with wine. But rather be intoxicated with the Spirit. Speaking to yourselves in psalms, hymns, spiritual songs, singing and making grace to your melody, your heart to the Lord. Amen. But that's not my subject. Be sober. Be vigilant. Why? Because your adversary has bad intentions. You ever seen some of these, these shows where a lion is out attacking? A lion is a very fierce animal. A lion comes to its prey with very, very bad intentions. A lion is looking for something to devour. A lion is looking for something to feed upon. And so is the enemy. It doesn't say he is a roaring lion, but he walks about as a roaring lion. Amen? And here's what we do. With that roaring lion, the same word. Whom resist, the next verse, whom resist, whom resist... Whom resist? Is that it there? Thought I had OCD there for a minute. Whom resist? Steadfast. With what? Whom resist steadfast with your faith. In other words, the same faith Jesus had is the same faith that you had. When he was tempted of the devil, he said, it is written. That written word came right out of his spirit. And he was tempted three times and the devil left him the last time he said it is written for another more opportune season. Understand this, that when you take God's word and you hide it in your heart and you speak it out of your mouth, it becomes a sharp two-edged sword where Satan is concerned. And that's all he's saying is this, resist him steadfastly with your faith. With your faith. So faith, in other words, to be uh, actualized needs to be believed and it needs to be spoken out of one's mouth. Amen? Now, I looked up the word resist yesterday and I discovered this. This is very interesting. The word resist is histame. It's histame. We get our English word histamine from it. But the word resist is actually not histame. It is anti Histamine, antihistamine. We get antihistamine from it. And antihistamine, maybe some of you took it last night. An antihistamine is a type of pharmaceutical drug that opposes the activity of histamine receptors in the body. The idea is antihistamine to resist is to oppose the devil in anything and everything that he would try to bring your way. Oppose the enemy's lies. Oppose his thoughts. Oppose his suggestions. Oppose it with the life-changing word of the living God. And so when these thoughts come, something on the inside of us needs to rise up. Everyone say, rise up. When lies of the enemy come, we need to rise up, resist and oppose them, And then replace them with the truth of God's word. For every fear-filled thought that Satan brings to your mind, God's got at least three full faith-filled scriptures that you can use to overcome them. Amen? Amen. Glory to God. Rise up. Resist fear. Fear is a diabolical force that comes against all of us. But rise up. With scriptures like this, that God didn't give me a spirit of fear, 
but of power and of love and of a sound mind. Replace the thoughts of the enemy with the life-changing word of the living God. Amen. Somebody say with me, the devil is under. He's under my feet. And I have power over him. So rise up. Resist condemnation. And replace it with scriptures about who you are and what you have in Christ Jesus. I quoted it earlier, but let me quote it to you again. Ephesians 4.27 says, Neither give place to the devil. And I close with this thought. If you will give the Lord Jesus Christ his rightful place in your life, the enemy will not be able to have any place in your life. I think, to be honest with you, I think we as Christians have just allowed too much in our lives. I think we as Christians have allowed too much in our home. I think what needs to happen is we need to put our foot down and say, not in my home, devil. Not in my kids. Not in my body. No, not in my mind. I'm not having it. I have been authorized and I have dominion. No, you don't. I resist you with every fiber of my being in the name of Jesus. Now, I don't know if you've seen this ad that's on television now, but there's an ad on TV that has all these little children. And they're quoting different statistics that medical science has given them. One child will come on and say, well, it's true. They say that 10% of us will have diabetes sometime in our life. And then another child will come up and they'll say, well, uh, you know, about 15% of us will have sickle cell anemia in our lives. And then another child will come up and they say, well, it's true. And they look so sad. 15 to 20% of us will have one episode or more of major depression in our lives. What is that? That's the spirit of this world sowing and setting up those children for failure and depression and diabetes. You won't turn NBC and ABC on and say, well, glory to God, 100% of us are redeemed and we're going to tread on serpents and scorpions all of our life. Glory to God. You won't see on MSNBC, glory to God, the Word of God says, your God will supply all your need according to His riches and glory by Christ Jesus. Don't you worry about a thing. You've been redeemed from poverty. You are a world overcomer. You are a world changer. And you're going to make it. Good morning, America. is turned into good night, America. Hallelujah. It's time for some good news. You won't get a lot of good news on a lot of television, but glory to God, you can change the channel. On this good news channel, there's good news 24 hours a day, 7 days a week, 365 days a year. Open your Bible and look into the perfect law of liberty. And listen, don't give place to that to your grandchildren. Don't give place to that in your life. The statisticians don't know everything. The best of the best doctors do not know everything. When the best of the best throw up on their hands and say, there's just not anything we can do, just thank them very much, be polite, but just let, let them know on the inside of you, I know someone who's already done something about it, and I'm trusting God, I'm putting my faith in God. Can you shout amen? amen. Come on, let's stand up, everybody. That's enough for this morning. Amen.